We live in a world where you can get anything you need delivered to your door thanks to DoorDash. If you don't want to do the dishes or you feel a little sick, let DoorDash bring dinner tonight. My family uses DoorDash all the time because it connects us to our favorite restaurants without us having to drive. Last night, we got some Indian food for my wife, some gumbo for me, and sushi for the kids. And everyone was happy, and we didn't have to do the dishes. The process of ordering was quick and easy, and I love DoorDash for real. So I was so happy to do this for them because I'm a customer, because I know DoorDash is your door to more. Must be over 21 to order alcohol. Alcohol available only in select markets. DoorDash, your door to more. Download the DoorDash app now to get almost anything delivered. So my girl got a BBL, right? When she first got the BBL and she came home, I, I was like, you know, I'm trying to like hit it from the back and I kept slipping out. And it was this is the first time that this has happened to me because it's not it's not like. I, I buy the dick size the woman wants. So it's right, like, right. you're going to get the dick you want because it's not mine. Right, 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 right. So I've never had like an inadequacy of like, <laughs> right, this right. isn't enough dick. But it right. wasn't enough dick because now she had a new butt. And I I felt bad. I felt low. I was like, whoa, this is, this is crazy. <laughs> and she was making me feel bad. She's like, just keep it in. And I'm like, nigga, like, what the fuck? I'm trying. And I was like, damn, this is what dudes feel like. Like, it's like, I, there's nothing I can do, shorty. Like, I'm doing the best. And I had to, like, find another angle. It was crazy. I had to find a way to stay in. But it was like, this is crazy. <laughs> it's a ratio. Okay, though. It's a ratio. Okay, though. That might be the best question I've ever been asked. <laughs> You're a phenomenal person. I mean, you legendary. I am a fan of you, my brother. Sam J is one of the great stand-up comedians of today, and she's got a TV show, Pause, and a comedy series, Bust Down. She's doing a lot, and she's also thinking about getting married. She's engaged for like two years now. So we're going to talk about comedy and the ideas that have powered her comedy, how she thinks about her comedy. But I also want to see if I can try to get her to finally pick a date for her wedding. Let's go. It's Sam J on Torre Show. So, Sam, you were on this show before. I was. And you were a writer who was rising and my friends were like, yo, you got to check for her. She's cool, right? And I had seen you. So, and now you're like a superstar. And it hasn't really been that long to glow up that much. And I'm kind of, I want you to talk about kind of how you navigated from I'm a writer and I'm doing this to being like, I have multiple shows and I'm like, I'm an A-list star. Um. Well, I mean, I don't, one, I don't think I'm an A-list star I, I just, I never feel that way. I never feel like famous or anything. I'm always shocked when people know who I am or like recognize me. I'm always like, wow, that's so crazy. So I don't know that that part of it has at all like registered. And then another thing is like, I don't know, you're just doing stuff. So I I, I was just, it, it's kind of happening around you and to you. And I don't know how active you are in it. You know, like I'm just making things and trying to like, make cool stuff and put out cool stuff. And my head is like fully into like the creation of something. And then you kind of get to look up from it for a minute and people are like, oh shit, are people actually fucking with this? You know what I mean? Has your work or your ability grown? Is that what has led to the ascent? Um, I think, yeah, I think I'm definitely better than I was when I started. I think, you know, being at SNL, that gave me such an education in, in all ways. Like, it taught me it, how to be a good writer. It, it taught me how to be a producer. It taught me a little bit about directing, you know. So I, I, I think I have more of a well-rounded knowledge of, of of the business, you know what I mean? And, like, that I definitely know tapped into my confidence, you know what I'm saying? I feel like, you know, confidence is just knowledge, you know. The more you know, the more confident you are. And so definitely, for sure, I, I, I'm I was I'm better. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're super confident on stage and you're so I get relaxed. She's relaxed. Right. And she knows the material is going to kill. I don't get like 
I want them to laugh. I get like, <laughs> I know they're going to laugh, but not the Eddie Murphy over like ego. Like I know I'm a, like, you're I'm not, like, she believes in herself and her work and she knows it's going to work. Um, I try to, <laughs> yeah, I try to just, you know, and, and then there's this other side of it, which is like, I can't control like how the crowd's going to react to it. Yeah. Like, all I could do is present it. I think I look at my shit like that a lot, where I'm like, yo, all I could do is present this, right? I don't—I cannot dictate what you guys are going to do with it or how you're going to receive it or what. So it's like, I really am about controlling what I can, you yeah. know, and then, like, kind of letting go of what I can't, you know what I mean? So I think that's a part of it, too. When I'm on stage, I'm just kind of like, all I got is me. I got I got this. Y'all yeah. got that. Yeah. And we'll just see what happens. Tell me about writing jokes. I'm not a studious person, so I don't really sit and write jokes. I do a lot of my joke writing on stage, so I'll just get up a bunch. Like, I, if I'm thinking about something or I have an idea, I'll just keep working the idea and getting up and getting up and getting up and kind of just, like, editing myself and figuring it out through that live process because I'm not I'm, I'm not studious. You go up every night. I go up a lot. I wouldn't say every night, but I go up, five I go up weeks, a good five amount. Five nights a week? I go up a good amount. The cellar? The, the com- cellar, the, comedy the stand, New York Comedy Club, you know, little bar shows in Brooklyn. I pop around. So if I go to the comedy cellar, it's like 50-50. On any given night, 50-50, I'm going to see you? Yeah, it's a 50-50. <laughs> if, if, if I'm not scheduled, you know, if I'm scheduled, it's for sure. But if I'm not yeah. scheduled, 50-50. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I love the whole vibe because we understand that comics are practicing at the cellar. Mm -hmm. So, you know, like part of the set may crush and part of the set may go slowly. And you understand where you are. People are working out. But it's such, it's a totally different vibe than like a Caroline's was. Yes. Where I know you are doing your practice material. At the cellar, I know you're practicing. But it's so exciting to see you in that mode of like, I'm figuring this, this yeah. bit out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the best part is when you're in the bit just trying to figure it out. It kind of, it, the, the bit gets boring once you have it, once you got it, yeah. you know, and you're just like, oh, this is it. It's like, you know, like memory and then it's not as fun as so when you you're- you like the working it out process yeah, more than the having- the tinkering. Yeah, you yeah. like that. Yeah, that's, that's a fun. writer. <laughs> I like being in the midst mm-hmm. of figuring it, the thing out. The tinkering is the best part. Yeah. 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 No, that's, I, I, I like for myself being alone with an essay or a book or whatever, and you're figuring it out. Mm-hmm. Once it comes out, then it's, uh, once it's done, it's over. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Once you got the joke, you're like, ah. All right. Yeah. Um, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. A little, a little, I'm good. I'm good. You're doing the very high. I'm good. I'm good, man. No. So uh, what's, what's, what? <laughs> life, work, life balance. Life, work balance is good. I feel like I'm in a good place in my relationship. You know, like, it, it was rocky for a while, you know, and we were just in a very, like, is this going to happen? Are we done with each other's space? And so, like, for two years now, we've been really, like, locked in in a, in a yes. way that is really nice. So all that stuff feels good. Family stuff feels really good. Um, work stuff. It's work stuff. I, there's things I wish were better. Um, some spaces, I think, you know, with every ascension, you 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 learn there's more to do, okay. <laughs> and there's like a level of like frustration that I'm going through right now of just kind of feeling like. When is when is it going to be enough? But then it's like probably never. This is kind of what you signed up for, you know. So. I think, um, you know, with everything you do, you have some level of expectation. Some of it gets met. Some of it doesn't. And with every level up, you you see more of the board and you realize how much farther you have what, to go. What you more know? do you want? What more do I want? I, You know what I want now? I, I figured it out yesterday having a long conversation with a friend. I want all my—I just want to tie the knot. I want all my stuff to finally talk to each other. I feel like there's people who know me from you people, and they're like, she's funny, but they don't know I do stand-up at all. And then there's people who've seen pause but have no idea that I do stand-up. There's people who see me do stand-up, but they've only seen the HBO special. They don't even know I had a special before that, and they've never seen me do a show, like a TV show. So it's like, I just want everybody—I just want it— I want all the things talking to each other finally. Okay. Instead of this like franticness that it feels Do a little bit. Do you want a 
like a, a huge tour? Do you want to star in a movie? Do you... I want I want to I want to move to theaters. You know, mm-hmm, that's mm-hmm. the goal for the end of 2024 is to finally kind of break that level and be at a space where I'm doing a good amount of theaters. You know, I feel like you always still got to mix some clubs in, but at least in the cities that I know I resonated and I know my fan base is there, I want to be able to go to Atlanta and do a theater. I want to be able to go to Philly and do a theater. You know, like I want to get to that. Uh, And I don't know that I want to star in a movie. I would like to do some more movies, but I I think I want to do a drama. Really? Um, Why? I just have a drama in me. I know it. I feel it. I love when great comics do, like, it's always like a part of the career. Like, he, she makes you laugh, makes you laugh, and now they're serious. Yeah. Remember Robin Williams, and I think it was 24-hour photo? Mm-hmm. Dead serious, yeah, yeah, yeah. scary, He, he was terrifying, yeah. Yeah, and it's, it's even more when you've been making me laugh, and now you're not. And yeah. I'm like, ah! Um, so you, what is, what is that desire in the comic to be like, no, I want to do drama. Well, you know, like before I even understood that I was a comic, I think I always knew I wanted to write. Okay. You know, like I used to write poetry all the time. I would write short stories. Like I was always writing things. Yeah. And um, I tend to like to write dramas. Like okay. I like writing okay. dramatic stuff. Uh, it will always have funny in it because I'm just silly. But it's usually heavy, heavy-handed shit when I'm like just chilling writing a short story or something like that. And so I just think I have, like, I think I just have one in me, you know? Okay, okay. I mean, you're so good at making us laugh. Do you think, like, you're changing your tactics with the audience? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, 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 would it, like, I would love to do what you do, go up and just hammer them and then just laugh, 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 laugh. But, you know, not everybody can do that. Very few people can do that. Um, and and I wouldn't want to get – if I could do that, I wouldn't want to get on stage and be like, well, now I'm going to be dramatic. I'm like, but I could do this thing that everybody wants to do. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't – I think it's like the setting, right? Like I would like to – like I would like to write like a, a dramatic – film you know i think mm. like doing a movie a drama that would be cool also sometimes i think about doing like a one one woman show mm-hmm. of sorts that mm-hmm. has some drama elements to it mm-hmm. um just because i want to see you know what i mean like i also just want to know my capabilities mm. you so wait do you think of yourself as a writer more than as a comic no, no I, okay. I would say i think of myself more as a comic okay. than a stand-up than a writer for sure because it's just the thing i work the most at, you know? So wait, you're engaged. Yes. Did you propose or did she propose? I proposed. Nice. How'd Come you on, do man. it? I, I don't know. How'd you do it? Uh, I threw a birthday party uh-huh. for myself. Uh-huh. Uh, and then I did that at my birthday party. I used the birthday party as an excuse to get everybody in town. So you did it in front of a bunch of people? Yeah. Like she, 100 she, people? She was, she's, I knew she would want certain people there and stuff like that. Yeah. It was probably like, it wasn't like a hundred, it was maybe like, 60 people. That's, wow, that's nerve-wracking. Did you get down on one knee? I did. Wow. How, what was that moment like? <laughs> um, I was pretty confident she was going to say yes. For sure. Yeah. But you're still nervous. I was still nervous, for sure. I didn't yeah. think I was going to be, but at, once it was, like, going down, I was like, oh, I'm actually nervous. Yeah. Um, So it was, like, those last-minute nerves, but I was like, I'll be all right. It was nice. I think, it, I thought it was nice. It was perfectly us, I think, you know? Wait, so wait. When I got down on one knee and proposed to my girlfriend, current wife, mm-hmm. she, she did not say yes. She was more like, I remember the exact word, but she was more like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. And mm-hmm. to where I was like, you're supposed to say yes. <laughs> and then she was like, yes, yes, yes. Right. So what did, so tell me the moment. What did she say? What happened? Uh, what did you say? Because you can't just pop out a ring. You got to butter up like you She's going to hate me uh, telling this story. Uh-oh. So we are, I threw the party. We're, um, you know, having a good time drinking, chilling. Boston, New York? New York. Okay. Uh, and so I had a, like, I had a saxophonist. How do you say it? Is that a uh-huh, uh-huh. saxophonist? Uh-huh. Come and, um, we're Anita Baker fans. It's one of like our yes. things. So he played ca- caught up in the rapture. Yes. Like so the like music kind of was going lower and like we were getting ready for the thing. So I walked up to her and you know, she was trying to dance, so she kept pushing me. 
<laughs> like, because I was trying to, like, grab her, and she was, like, dancing. So she kept kind of, like, pushing me off of her. And then finally, when I, like, got her to kind of chill, I was, like, talking in her ear, and she was not listening to me. And I'm, like, professing my love to her. Because, like, part of it, I knew she would want to be intimate. Like, she wouldn't want me, you know what I mean? So I was just in her ear, like, you know, like, we've been through a lot, da da da, da. And she was just kind of like, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> like, she wanted me to, like, shut the fuck up. Because I do have, like, I get high, and I will, like, ramble. Like, I get high, I get emotional, and I'll, like, corner her and be like, uh. I love you so much. So she thought it was one of those moments. And so she was kind of like, yeah, 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 yeah. And then it took her a while to kind of, like, hear the music and, like, see the sax. And then she's starting to, like, oh, wait, wait shit. A minute. Like, wait a minute. Something's happening. And she starts to, like, cry before I can even, like, do all the shit. And then I got on one knee and I said she was just crying and nodding her head. And then she, like, finally said yes. And, Aww, yeah. That's beautiful. We live in a world where you can get anything you need delivered to your door thanks to DoorDash. If you don't want to do the dishes or you feel a little sick, let DoorDash bring dinner tonight. My family uses DoorDash all the time because it connects us to our favorite restaurants without us having to drive. Last night, we got some Indian food for my wife, some gumbo for me, and sushi for the kids. And everyone was happy, and we didn't have to do the dishes. The process of ordering was quick and easy, and I love DoorDash for real. So I was so happy to do this for them because I'm a customer, because I know DoorDash is your door to more. Must be over 21 to order alcohol. Alcohol available only in select markets. DoorDash, your door to more. Download the DoorDash app now to get almost anything delivered. One of the people who helped inspire me to want to be in broadcasting is Oprah Winfrey. She's an inspiration for so many of us, but her daytime talk show was so incredible. And it told me that you could be black and authentic and real on TV. And that made me want to do it, too. Black Stories, Black Truths is NPR's new collection that's a celebration of blackness. Each of NPR's black voices are as direct, varied, distinct and nuanced as the black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collection, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and how to create world-shifting things out of struggle. Every episode is a living account of what it means to be Black today, told from a unique Black perspective. Black perspectives that haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story, but now they are the story. On NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the Black experience. Hear a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcasts that center Black voices. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as varied, as nuanced, and as Black as we are. Stories should never be about us without us. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR, wherever you get your podcasts. But at first she, she was being mean to me. I, I, my, my story is kind of the same in that <laughs> we were alone in Paris and I knew oh, I Paris. was going to do this, right? Like a, this is the night to do, but I wanted it to be special for her, right? So like I booked a table at a nice restaurant, ordered a bottle of wine. I think I drank half or all of the <laughs> wine before she came because I'm nervous. So the whole night I'm like, you know, because I don't want to just pop out the ring. I'm yeah. like, compliment, comment. You're so beautiful. You're so elegant. I love being. She's like, oh, you're drunk. Like, <laughs> here you go. You're so drunk. Oh, you're so beautiful. Honey. Oh, you're drunk. Whatever. So she's not receiving like, you know, I think when I got down on one knee, she was, we're on a terrace and she's looking up at the Eiffel Tower. So she didn't see oh, me get on. down. It's so then so, she's so like, cute. what are you, what are you doing down there? <laughs> Like, you know, I love you so much. Here's the and she's like, what, 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 it's, what? I feel like I hear so many stories and it's always just like, <laughs> you plan it so perfectly. And then it's like, whoever you're proposing to is always like, what the hell is going on? What is going- <laughs> what is it? So wait, what's your date? 
I don't know. What do you mean you don't have a date? When did this happen, this engagement? Oh, it's two years. Shut up. You've been it, engaged over two years? It's going to be two years in January. Oh, my God. I know, right? And still no date? You know you're supposed to, like, pick a date we and will, plan a party. We will. We're, 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 we will. We will. Why haven't you done it yet? I don't really know. I just don't <laughs> think we, like, it's nothing specific, you know? It's not like... It's not like I was like, I don't feel like we're ready until we deal with this yeah. issue. Or yeah, yeah. There's nothing like that going on. I just don't think we feel like it. Okay. <laughs> I think we're just like, we're cool. And we're like, eh, there's no rush to this thing. Okay. All right. I mean, you know, do you. Whatever you want to do. Anita Baker yeah. is the best. Yeah. What do you love about her? Oh, man, her voice. Oh, her the, voice. The depth. The depth. The depth. Poetry. Yes. Uh, and then like the like yeah, like she getting good low, you know? Yes. It's just, I don't know, sultry. It feels good. It's it's love. It's like it's not it's not fucking music. No, it's love music. It's, it's love making yes. music. It's romance, yes, you know? It's romance. And I'm like a I'm a little I'm a little I'm a little romantic girl. I like rom coms, you know, like I'm like that. You do? What rom coms do you like? I love all of them really. I'm I'm big into Julia Roberts, so any Julia Roberts rom com. But I mean, like I like Love Actually, When Harry Met Sally. That's a classic. Notting Hill. Um, I liked Notting Hill a lot. It's really good. It's I, one of my it, favorites. I thought it was an interesting conversation about fame and dealing with yeah. fame. Yeah. Um, Runaway Bride. You're all Boomerang. In. You're into all of them. Mm-hmm. I'll just watch it. it it's a rom-com. I'll Both of y'all? Watch it. Yeah, we're wolf rom-com people. You People was really great and really interesting. I really enjoyed it. I thought your part was hysterical. Thank you. Um, how Talk about making that. Um, You know, that was a lot of... Uh, that was a hard one. I didn't really know what I was doing. What, what do you mean you didn't know what you were doing? It was my first movie, and I just yeah. didn't know what I was doing. Yeah. <laughs> like I just, yeah. I really didn't know what I was doing yeah. in the sense of just, it was the first time I'd ever done a project that I wasn't in charge of. Okay. Because the TV shows, you're the boss. When you write, you're the boss. Now you're being directed. It was Kenya, right? Yeah. Kenya Barris? Yeah. You're, you're being directed. Yes. And Jonah... Is is it a matter like Jonah Hill? Yes, like, it's a bigger star, and I'm a fan. Yeah. You know, like I'm yeah. a, I'm like a fan for yeah. sure. Love Jonah, love his work, and um, there's a lot of heavy hitters. So I'm like feeling the pressure to not be the weak link in the chain. You know, because I haven't ever done a movie. This is my first movie. Everyone's so experienced, and I'm like, I don't want to be the thing that's like fucking this up. So it was one of those like. Out of my element, had to like dig deep to find my confidence and like do what I needed to do. You know what I mean? And and it was hard because I I find my confidence a lot in information. Like I'm good in front of the camera, but when because I know what's going on in in back of the camera. Okay. You know what I mean? Like okay. I have a, an awareness of it all. And in this, it was like I had to kind of let go of that part of it because it was weird. Like I would walk on set and I would walk straight to Video Village and want to like look because that's how I go to set. Like when I'm on my show, the first thing I'm doing, I'm checking in with directors, this, that, 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 that. Then I go do makeup, whatever I got to do to go get ready to go be in front. You know what I'm saying? But I like that. I like knowing everything. I like I'm a control freak a little bit. So I like having all that information. So it was very hard to just sit and wait to be told what to do. Mm. You know what I mean? And I had to like chill and, 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 and learn how to do that and, and just focus my energy and shit. I think that Eddie Murphy and potentially Julia Louis-Dreyfus, who are both incredible in the movie, could have had conversations with you that could have been meaningful as far as, you know, comedians. And were you able to talk to them and have... Like little like passing things, but not really because we weren't we weren't in a lot of scenes together. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So the thing was, with, most of my stuff was with Jonah, right, right, right. right? And I was like, it was it was very weird because the movie is split by black and white, right, right, right. But I'm the only black friend that Jonah has, right? right. So I was doing all my scenes with the white people, so no none of the black people were seeing me. <laughs> so the first time they see me is like the rehearsal dinner scene. That's the first time we're all like coming together. 
and I'm sitting on Jonah's side. They clearly have bonded as like people who have been working together. And it was kind of like the movie happening in real life where I was like, I am so out of fucking place. And like, they're kind of looking at me like she with the white folks. And I'm like, ah, yeah, technically. So I didn't really get to like chit, chat, chat, chat it up with a lot of folks. Cause I was just mostly like working with Jonah, um, which wasn't bad. It was the best. Uh, but yeah, I didn't really get that. But like Julia and I talked a little bit, you know what I mean? She told me how to fake eat food. Oh, what is that? In the movie. How do you do that? She just told me to keep moving it around. She's like, you never really have to eat it if you just keep moving it around. And I was like, okay. I mean, they don't want you to eat it because then props has to replace (laughs) it. Yeah, she's like, just move it. So she just was like, do this. Then just do this. And I was like, all right, cool. She's so funny. Yeah, she's sweet. So funny. So you have a joke that is incredible. You want in your new iteration of you strapping your girlfriend. Yeah. And in and it is such a brilliant long story that you're telling. And you told I saw you tell it and the women were laughing, but the men were laughing so hard. And it's just a brilliant joke. I just want you to I don't want you to do it. I just want you to just talk about it a little bit and where it came from and how you constructed it. And Well, you know, like, weirdly, I feel like it, it, it was one of those jokes where I was like, you know, this isn't, this isn't genius. I'm sure a million people have thought about this. And, like, um, and, and you've even seen, like, comics on Comic View back in the day talk about fucking and they tired, you know? Mm. But it was the idea to me of, like, the, the, how much in service you have to be with a strap on because you're not feeling it and how much it is just labor. And honestly, <laughs> and I just... And it's cardio and yeah, it's abs. It's, and- it's everything. And that, and you're just working hard for this woman. You know, that's really... It's just It's all for her and none for you. And I really was strapping my girl and I was just like, bro, I'm tired of this. Like... I just, like, I don't want to do this shit no more. Like, I'm tired as hell. I'm not getting anything out of this. I'm glad that she's happy, but, like, this is kind of trash. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just older, too. I just think I grew out of it. You know what I mean? I think you just, you know, some things, you just grow up. So you're in the midst of pleasing your woman. Yeah. And thinking of jokes. Always, though. I'm always thinking. The joke machine's always going. I'm just always, I'm silly. So it's not even like I'm purposely like going like, let me think about a joke right now. It's just, that's how I think. You know what I mean? So it's truly like, I was just thinking that like, yo, this is whack. (laughs) Like, what the fuck? You're in the middle of fuck you. You're like, like, this is whack. Well, I'm sure if I could have felt it, I probably wouldn't have been thinking about a million other things. Literally, I'm working out. I could have put on some fucking headphones and just... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like zoned out you know what I mean like but you sense there also like the performance anxiety that men feel oh yeah you still want to be good at it you still want to be good at it and it's embarrassing when you're not no matter what you know what I mean because it's like especially like I used to I used to try I couldn't figure out how to tell this joke but it's like when my girl so my girl got a BBL right when she first got the BBL <laughs> and she came home I, I was like you know, I'm trying to like hit it from the back and I kept slipping out. And it was this is the first time that this has happened to me because it's not it's not like I, I buy the dick size the woman wants. So it's right, like right. you're gonna get the dick you want, because it's not mine. Right, 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 right. Right. So I've never had like an inadequacy of like <laughs> right, this right. isn't enough dick. But it right. wasn't enough dick because now she had a new butt. And I I felt bad. I felt low. I was like, whoa, this is <laughs> This is crazy. <laughs> and she was making me feel bad. She's like, just keep it in. And I'm like, nigga, like, what the fuck? I'm trying. And I was like, damn, this is what dudes feel like. Like, it's like, I, there's nothing I can do, shorty. Like, I'm doing the best. And I had to, like, find another angle. It was crazy. I had to find a way to stay in. But it was like, this is crazy. <laughs> and all this, and like, I'm not feeling it. Like, I, what are we doing here? One of the things that's so incredible about the joke, it's not dirty. You're talking about sex, but it's not a dirty joke. Yeah, it isn't actually. I never really thought about it, but yeah, no, it's not a dirty joke. No, I mean, like, you are having sex in the joke, but you're talking about sex is hard. Fucking is hard. So it's not dirty, right? Like, like we could talk about that in front of, like, you know, family of, like, we've all had it. Yeah. And it's hard. It's work. It's work. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's work, bro. I'm done. It was fun having a dick, but I'm, I'm over it. So wait, when you do a joke like that, and then you go home, and your girl's like, so when you're fucking me, you're thinking about this is trash. So that, does that, that you know what I mean? Like, that fucks me up. She's a, she's a lady, of course. Right? Yeah. So does that not have reverberations at home? Yeah, of course. She's like, <laughs> she's like, what, you trying to say my pussy's trash? I'm like, no, no. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that this action is hard trash. for me. Yeah, it's hard for me, and I'm not getting a lot out of it. When you say... In the joke, when you're like, and she said, "How is how is it for you?" And you're like, "It's nothing. It's plastic. Yeah. Like, it's rubber. What it, are you talking yeah, about?" Yeah, that's the part that be pissing me off. Is like she wants me to indulge her, like her delusions. It's like you, you know, I don't feel this, but you, you're so in it. You want me to like be in it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and it, <laughs> so you, you can stay in it and get what you need out of it. So it's like, oh, tell me how tight it is. It's like I don't know. You know, I, I don't, don't know. know. I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know. I have no idea. Is there a joke that you have done that you love that the audience was just not getting that you're like, I got I to gotta stop tinkering with this because they're not getting it. But like, I yeah. thought this was funny. Like, that happens all the time. Talk about one of the jokes that you love that they just didn't get. Oh, man. The one, the one that has been coming through my mind recently and I even tried to do it again a couple weeks ago and it's they still were like we don't like you Sam <laughs> uh, <laughs> they're like no 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 uh I have this joke about the AIDS quilt from like the <laughs> I know it's all, the AIDS quilt it starts so it, I remember the AIDS quilt it doesn't sound good I was from a the door. kid in the 80s but yes I remember the AIDS quilt quite well and so it's a joke about like I had watched this um, doc about, like, AIDS in the 80s, and they had this old, like, interview with the guy about about the quilt and the curator of the quilt. And the the guy was, like, you know, talking about the quilt. And at some point he goes, yeah, and eventually we'll have enough squares to fill this whole field. And it was very ambitious. But I was like, you know, like, people have to die from AIDS for this man to, like, accomplish this goal. And it, it was just weird to see, like, ambition within something so fucking morbid. And he just seemed really, like, excited about the potential of the size of the quilt. And I'm like, yeah, but it's a death quilt. Like, so you should not want it to get bigger. Right. <laughs> that should be, you should have the opposite goal of that. And then it, the joke ends with me going, he must have been really disappointed when Magic Johnson didn't die. <laughs> because I'm sure that was like his penultimate square that he was going to. I know it's fucked up and I don't really know how to like soften it somewhere. So it doesn't just sound like. He must have been upset. Yeah. When like when it stayed HIV, he was like, this is It would have been perfect. It would have been perfect. But a purple and gold. It would have been great. <laughs> he already had the square in his you mind. Fuck my shit up, Magic. Yeah. <laughs> wow. And the audience that you, you crushed they just, me. They just grown. They just grown. Because also you gotta like when you're in a room full of people. It's like people need license to laugh. Like it's just me and you. You know mm-hmm, what I'm saying? Mm-hmm, but when it's a bunch of people around, they're like, "Is it okay? Is it okay? This is like so, touchy shit." So the laughter is contagious. They'll Absolutely. laugh because others are laughing. Absolutely. Or they'll get tight if they see enough people not. You know, they don't want to be the the bad one. So when I used to do college lectures um, or college speeches, um, you know, there's little jokes interspersed in my serious speech, and like. If we get that moment where like one or two people are laughing and you look at them like, thank you so much. And that makes the other people laugh. Mm-hmm. Right. So now I can mop up everybody because yeah. I got the first couple and responded to that. Like, yes, I'm with you. Great. Yeah. Love that. But as you're on stage and and writing, you are listening to the kind of laugh you're getting to mm-hmm. understand this is hitting that part of the joke isn't there yeah, yet. Yeah, 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 for sure. Like wh- where the laugh kind of trails off or where it's uncomfortable or you're just feeling the vibes of the room. You can feel when it's tense. You can feel when they're okay. You can you can feel when you did too much, when you pushed them too far, you know, where you're like, oh, I had them, then I made them uncomfortable. You know what I mean? Like, because it is you like in your head and like you do have to find some way to to bring make it like palpable for them. You know what I mean? But you 
do. You don't mind making them uncomfortable. No, but you should just be in control of it all. That's all. Mm. I mean, like you should take if you're with us 30, 40, 50 minutes, you should take us through a range yes. Absolutely. Of emotions. It shouldn't just be like joke, 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 joke. But you like, should know when and when these emotions are coming. Mm-hmm. Like you should be the conductor. Mm-hmm. For sure. For sure. So mm-hmm. that's what you're learning on stage. When and then because then you choose. Like it's like a it's like a roller it's like a roller coaster. It's like you want to and you're and you're you want to hold some tension, then you want to drop them, then you want to soup them back up again, then you want to drop them unexpectedly when they didn't think they were gonna be dropped, but then you want to catch them right before they hit the ground and shoot them back. You know, like you want to be in control of the ride. And you're thinking through that emotional journey yeah. that you're taking them on as you're Yeah. So this joke will get them like yep. laughing a little bit, and then they're gonna be cool. You're thinking through that. Yeah, for sure. What is that's the emo- that's the, the, the joke placement of stuff. Well, what is the emotional ride you want them to have? Um throughout a set. I mean, I just think that I personally want them to I want them to have all the feelings. That's all. I like all I, the feelings. At, at some point, I want everybody to turn on me. At some point, you should not like me. Because we don't think the same, and I may have an opinion. Like, if I'm being honest up here, then we're, we're probably going to get divisive at some point. Mm. Or there should be a time where half the room's feeling it and half the room's not, and then it should switch. The half that was feeling it at some point should be like, I don't feel this. Like, that's when I know I'm doing it right, when people are like, yeah, and then they're like, I- What does eating healthy mean to you? Whatever your eating goals, Thrive Market is the best place to get all your groceries and household essentials. And getting Thrive shipped to your door is like having a great supermarket right outside your house. I love that Thrive Market carries brands with the highest quality ingredients and ethical sourcing methods. Whether you're looking for organic kid snacks or low sugar alternatives or gluten-free essentials, Thrive Market's got it and their site lets you curate your shopping experience quickly. And as a Thrive member, I save on every order, usually about 30%, which of course I love. And when you join, you help a family in need with the membership matching program. Join in on the savings with Thrive Market today and get 30% off your first order plus a $60 gift for free. Go to thrivemarket.com slash for 30% off your first order plus that free $60 gift. That's Thrive, T-H-R-I-V-E Market dot com slash Torrey thrive market dot com slash Torrey on March 16th 2000 two sheriff's deputies were shot in Atlanta Jamil Alamin a Muslim leader and former black power activist was convicted but the evidence was shaky and the whole truth didn't come out during the trial my name is Mosi secret and when I started investigating this case in my hometown I uncovered a dark truth about America from tenderfoot tv campside media and iheart podcasts radical is available now Listen to the new podcast, Radical, for free on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Absolutely not. And then the other people who are like, no, are like, but yeah. You know what I mean? Because like, okay, yeah, now the discourse is happening that you want. So you don't want me as one audience member to like and get everything, right? No. Like some of it, you'll kill me. And then some of it, I'll be like, I don't feel that. But he's laughing. Yeah. So we're not in Siberia. No. And then I'm laughing, but he's like, ah, that, I don't like yeah. that joke. I like that joke. Right. And some of it is like, I don't, I get what you're saying, but I don't agree with what you're saying. You know what I mean? Like, I understand it, but I don't agree with it. Or that's not necessarily how I, you just want them to be, you know, firing on all cylinders. Somebody told me, one stand-up veteran stand-up told me they will purposefully say things to annoy and trigger the town just to dig a hole to see if they can get out of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's crazy to me. That's fun. Would you do that? Yeah, you start off like tanking a little bit. Why? Bury yourself. See, because it gets boring too. It's fun. You have to do things up there to challenge yourself and like make it, you know, interesting for you. If you just get up there, you do the set, you do the same way every single time, you, because if you're if you're if you figure if you're good at it, right? It's a bit of like alchemy. You learn you learn that the, the science of it. You can do it whenever you want to do it. So if you just do it, it's boring. So like you try to do things to challenge yourself. You try to do things to challenge them, and then see like how you respond to that because that's also how you just get better at it. 
I love that you're like, this becomes too easy that I will make it harder for myself. Well, you have to. Who's going to make it hard for you? It's like, you know, it's just it, in that way it is being like a good student. It's like you have to challenge yourself. It, it, it's not going to make it hard for you. So and once you know how to do it, a lot of those things that made it hard at first are just no longer there. So how do you keep getting better and not just plateau somewhere? You have to keep pushing yourself. Can you tell me more about the science of stand-up that you're referring to? Just meaning like, it's kind of like uh, group dynamics, I guess. Like once you can kind of understand group think and how groups work and when, you know, how to get them to go and and and, and move how you want them to move, that's the, the science of it, you know? That's brilliant. That's brilliant. So is this the hardest thing to do in entertainment versus acting in a movie, singing. Uh, I mean, people come from stand-up and go sometimes into singing, into acting. Almost nobody goes from the other arts into stand-up. And you're, I mean, you know, you're up there alone, not really lights helping you, not, there's no... right dancers giving you the extra, right? The singer and the rapper are going to do the same exact thing every night. And rappers can forget half a verse and you won't notice. Yeah, yeah. I was watching a Nas show once with somebody who worked with him and they were like, he forgets verses all the time. Watch. And (laughs) and we're like watching like deep in the second verse and he's kind of mumbling, but the audience doesn't really, you don't really notice except she told me he's going to mumble the second half of the second verse. Watch. Um, But you cannot hide behind any of these things. there's nothing to hide. There's nowhere to, there's nowhere to hide it. So is this the hardest thing you think to do in entertainment? I don't, I can't say that, right? It's going to sound like the cheesiest answer, but it's fucking subjective because like I can't act like Daniel Day-Lewis. That looks hard. Yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like that looks hard as shit. Yeah. I don't think I can ever do anything like that. Like I'm like, I don't even know how you get to get to that. I don't know. Leo, like, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like. I have no idea. So I can't say, like, it's the hardest thing. I will say it's the most self-reliant thing. It's mm. like, it's, it's you. It's, it's you. It's just you. And you you got to go out there and figure it out. You know what I mean? I will say that, but I don't know. That Nobody hardest. else is coming in here and telling me, yeah, I try to make it hard for myself to make it like LeBron and be like, yeah, I let the team get down by 20 in the first quarter <laughs> just to see because it's too easy. No, you know what I mean. No, I don't. I don't want it to sound like, oh, I got this stand up shit in the bag. But it's like once you know yourself up there and you know what you do and how you do it well, it, it's it's easy to keep repeating a process. That you nervous you do. on stage? Before uh, you, you're nervous before you go on stage. It depends on the circle. It depends on what's happening. Okay. It depends. So you, but you don't really like have nervous st- before I shoot a special for sure, for sure. But the you don't normally are. have stage. But not like a stage fright situation, no. I feel like there's two kinds of comics. And correct me if you think there's a third or whatever. I think there's material people who like want and need precise material and where the pauses are and where the word, right? Like a Seinfeld who will workshop, should I pause here? Should I say school or university? And like, Mm -hmm. and then there's like, I call them like phone book people, like a Bernie Mac who could read the phone Mm -hmm. book and you would be, you know, I think Eddie Murphy could read the phone book and you would be dying. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and there's some, I think Chappelle is kind of both, Mm -hmm. but like, I I think that, do you think, do you agree with that sort of idea? Mm -hmm. Which camp do you think you're in? Uh, I think I live kind of in the middle. Okay. You think you could make the phone book funny? I think I could be, I'm silly enough for sure. You know what I mean? I think so, I guess. But like you get you you are you thinking about like pause here, word here, change that word. That's why I said like in the middle, because I definitely think about wording and changing words and like oh this word works better when you say this is This you word's know. funny. Yeah, this word's funnier. It just works better there. Cause it's also rhythm. Rhythmically sometimes things just work better. The way they kinda come off. Blah, 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 blah. But um so yeah, I definitely think about that stuff. I'm not a, I'm not a like big uh and I think about pauses too, so I can't lie. I think about pauses. Pauses are very important. Yeah, I think about pauses. So, but I also fly by the seat of my pants a lot too. I kind of like 
you know, let it be what it is going to be, you know. It has to be a little bit jazz. You know? I think pauses are really important to convey confidence and calm mm-hmm. and power mm-hmm. and to keep them listening. And if you're younger on stage, you would be afraid for a moment of silence. Oh, terrified. But the longer you've been up there, yeah. it's like, we, we can be quiet. Yeah. So, you know, for it's a second. Okay. Yeah. yeah, it's all right. Yeah. Especially Absolutely. like when you pause in the middle of the sentence and the mind knows he's not done talking. She's not done talking. Right. If you pause at the end of the sentence, then, oh, they're done. My attention will go somewhere else. Right? Yeah. Absolutely. And it's also just like you said, it's about the it's it's about being the conductor. It's just about I you can trust me to, to you know, captain this ship. I know where it's going. Are there certain words you think are funny, like inherently funny? Doo-doo. <laughs> You're an idiot. Doo-doo? <laughs> you laugh. <laughs> I know. We're like grown up slapping up doo-doo. <laughs> doo-doo what funny. else? Dookie might be funny. Dookie's funny. Mm. There's a lot of funny words. I don't know why only doo-doo's on my brain. <laughs> <laughs> you think about what's the greatest advice you ever got about comedy? Hmm. And at different times, each each thing mattered to some degree. And now, tell hmm. me some stories. I mean, I guess, I guess, like the best advice I've I've gotten was probably when I I was doing my first special, and I was like kind of bugging out. And nervous and just worried and worried about, you know, is it going to be good? Am I going to, like, am I going to be able to, like, look like I can hold an hour? Just everything that was in my head. And I um I had called Bill Burr and I asked him to watch it. And he was like, I'm not going to do that. And I was like, all right. <laughs> I, like, I was like, hey, can I see? I hadn't even taped it yet, though. I was like, I have the hour. Can I, like, send it to you? He was like, I'm not going to do that. And I was like, that's fair. Uh, I'm I'm being kind of a dork right now, and I needed to accept that. But it was it wasn't in a messed up way. It was just in a way of like, you don't need that. You know what I mean? Like you've got to kind of trust what you got. You're about to go tape this thing, and you don't you don't need that. So and also, I'm sure telling, he didn't want to take an hour to listen to someone else's stand up because <laughs> uh, I wouldn't want to do that. But so, he's telling you listen to your voice. Yeah, and he was just kind of like you know, just got there, do what the fuck you know you how to do, and. And he also just told me to, to um, acknowledge that I am – all I can do is the special is just a stamp for where the act is right now. Mm-hmm. That's it. Mm-hmm. Like, he's like, it's not, you know, this thing that is forever. You're going to keep growing as a comic and stuff. You're just, like, cementing this moment. And and bringing it to that, like, it's just a moment. Like, it allowed me to minimize it. I had maximized it in this way. Mm. And it allowed me to, like, minimize it and make it more tangible for me. And then it, overall, like, it kind of a, I applied that thinking to, like, my overall career. It's like, you know what I mean? Each thing that I'm doing, whether it's pause, whether it's, it's just a, a, a document of a moment— and I'm going to keep doing and making stuff. And as I keep doing and making stuff, I'm going to grow and change within this thing. And, like, that's what it is if I'm going to be doing this. And so it just allowed me to kind of shrink everything a but little that's bit. that's brilliant in that you took the importance out of each moment, lessening the, lessening the pressure, which gives you more ability right. to be you. Right. Exactly. And to be your best self. Exactly. No, this is not the NBA Finals. No. It's another basketball yep. game. Yep. So let's go. Yep. And that allows you to be fully you. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love that. Um, but when you do a big special, that is the end of those jokes. Done. We can't. We can, I would. That would hurt me. I gotta like. All these jokes are dead. I cannot do them again. Right. That's another thing. Like singers up there doing songs from a year, five, ten years ago. Right. I want to hear this song from your first album. Mm-hmm. Like. You guys don't do that. For neat. Does that, like, bother you? Like, now I got to start all I don't want to do them. As soon as it's done, I, it's like I throw those jokes out of my brain. I'm so tired. At that point, you're so tired of saying that shit. You're like, bro. <laughs> but you got to start all over. That's fun. You're tinkering again. Then you're going into the cellar, 
and you do 20 minutes and they laughed at five minutes mm-hmm. and I got to do you do you, do you listen back you record it and listen to your sometimes set? sometimes I'm like I do I do I do but I don't I used to OD it and it, I, I can't do too much of it so I found my little balance with it to learn but that's how you have sift for gold mm-hmm. and learn okay mm-hmm. this was working and here it went awry mm-hmm. right so I need to work on the middle of this bit yeah. or I love that so all the people who come on the show, I ask them what being black means to them. And I want to dive into that for you, and especially, like, as it relates to the work, right? But before we do that, I want to talk about an, the other the other part of your identity being lesbian mm-hmm. and what that means to you in regards to your work and image and representation and inspiration that you're taking and giving to others, because <laughs> I'm thinking because I, I you know like it's weird because you know getting into this you know what you I knew what I, I know I'm black I'm gay whatever whatever I know the things you know what I mean and then it's like this decision you kind of have to make about like how you're gonna deal with all of it which is like I think a thing that you know everybody deals with to some degree when you're putting yourself on display right if you feel like you're overweight, I'm sure you're thinking about that. If you're like, I'm about to go out here and act, or you come, you're like, okay, how do I manage this part of myself? Especially of your confidence and shit. Like, how do I protect myself too within this exposure that I'm about to do? So a part of it for me was just deciding like what conversation I wanted to have and like how I wanted to have that conversation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I felt like the most effective way for me was to just be and not make any of those things the thing, mm-hmm. but to just tell my story and be Sam. And clearly I am these things, so mm-hmm. it's applicable. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But, like, I didn't want to—I never wanted to come off preachy, and I never wanted to come off as the gay comic— I just wanted to be really good at comedy. Mm -hmm. And I happen to be gay and I happen to be a woman and I happen to be black. So my worldview is of that. Mm -hmm. And that was it. I just didn't want to, because I, and I didn't want it to be preachy because I don't like being preached to. Like, I've never been the type to like, don't try to like educate me. I don't like that shit. Like, I I was one of those kids you had to trick and like to learn some shit. You got to be like, make it a game and then be like, hey, you're doing algebra. And I'm like, oh, shit, that's fire. I'm doing algebra. <laughs> but if you like try to like. We got to hide the vitamins in the cake yeah, for you. Yeah, try to kick knowledge. I'm like, get out of here, dog. I don't want to hear that shit. So I didn't want to I didn't want to do that. So you're not, I'm smarter than the audience. No, 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 no. I didn't want that vibe. I kind of wanted it to be a vibe of like, I'm figuring this shit out with y'all. I'm discovering it with y'all. I'm I'm just as, as ignorant sometimes. I'm just as uneducated sometimes as you are. I'm not an authority on anything. What I will offer you is this like really raw, naked truth and perspective. But like, I don't know better. You know what I mean? I'm just out here bumping into walls and fucking up. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just willing to talk about it and I'm willing to keep bumping into walls. Okay. Type of deal. And and then I think within that, you know, being black and being uh, queer and all that stuff comes through. Yeah. Because, again, that's my worldview and that's the stuff that I'm going to talk about. I mean, I, I feel like consuming your work, I know she's black and she cares about that. I know she's gay and that's part of her heart and her soul. But I'm not like she's a gay comic, right? And she's hitting me over the head with it. Like— this is part of my life. Yeah. But I'm doing jokes. Yeah, that's exactly it. Like, I always thought about it like I'm not going to—I used to tell, uh, <laughs> like, I'm not going to get up and be, um, like, I'm gay. And being gay, I just would talk about my girl. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm, I have a girlfriend, mm-hmm, da da da, da. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's how I would approach it. You know what I mean? Right. Like, I always—I was like, I don't want to be that, like— Gay um, people yeah. are like this. yeah. Being a black woman, ah, da, da, but just like I'm in a relationship, right? And I was walking. If I describe the story, then you'll through the context understand. Oh, this was happening to me because I'm a black woman, and this, that, that, this, without me kind of like stating it. So I right. always wanted to do it like that because I just I felt like that was I like conversational comedy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. But blackness seems to be a very important part of your persona on stage to me. And I feel very much you part of this amazing lineage of black comedians. Mm. Is that part of where you what's in your head and your spirit? Yeah, to some degree. I mean, I think those are the, the people I grew up watching and admiring. And I've always admired black stars that used their star power to express their blackness. You know what I mean? Like, I've always just thought that was cool. And, like, I've always liked those type of entertainers that weren't of running from that part of their identity and were really embracing that part of their identity and really embracing the community. You know what I mean? So... It's just yeah, to some degree, I want I didn't want to be a comic, a black comic disconnected from that. And also it's just that's who the fuck I am. It's like that's who I am. Do you feel yourself standing on the shoulders of the black comedians before you or not really? The 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 longer I do this, the more that I do. Yeah. Yeah. When I was younger, not so much. I was just doing shit and like I wasn't thinking about that shit to be honest. But the older that I, I get and the longer that I do this, the more it's like, damn, yeah. Some people had to do a lot of work for me to be able to stand and present and show up the way that I get to show up. Who are your, in your mind, your mothers and fathers in comedy? Who are the people, even whether or not you knew them? Dick Gregory. Mm. Godfrey Cambridge. Mm, wow. Richard Pryor. Of course, for sure. George Carlin. Yeah. Chris Rock. Uh Uh-huh. Chappelle. Wanda Sykes. Yeah. Janine Garofalo. I love her. Sarah Silverman. I love her, too. Those are like, yeah, those that's, are like that's some, your big influences. Yeah, like those were the people I was like watching and like being like, whoa, I've, that's I, cool stuff going I've on. I've loved Sarah Silverman's work forever. Yeah, she's so funny. And Dick Gregory was like the first comedian's book I read, and like the first is that the book Nigger? Yeah. Oh my god, the first like hell yeah comedian I, that I didn't grow up with that I was like I want to know everything about. You right. know what I'm saying? Right. Your group is very, some of them are activist-y, some of them are intellectual-ish, right? Uh, you know, uh, very intelligent comedians dealing the higher level of like. I mean, like, it's an interesting list. And you're like, I don't want to be like I'm above or teaching the audience, but these are very smart people who we would learn, or at least they're smart jokes. Yeah, I like smart comedy. Yeah. I've always liked smart comedy. Yeah. So that's the lane you want to be. Yeah, in. I think it's I think it's a thinking man's sport. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. and so I definitely like it's important to me as fucking nerdy as it sounds. Like when people tell me my jokes are so smart, I feel really good. You love that. I love that. I'm that's like, the ultimate compliment. Oh, yeah, thanks. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah. No, a lot of a lot of your jokes are really smart. And I feel like if you are doing your job. You are talking, 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 and then you say, you know, you know, there's something like really incredible under your chair. And I'm like, oh, my God, it was there the whole time and Mm -hmm. I never saw it. But you saw it before me. Yeah. And you lead me to this observation that once we get there, I didn't see it before, but now I can't unsee it. Well, that's the fun. Like, to me, that's the magic. Yeah. Yeah. There is a magic to it. Yeah, it's a bit sleight of hand. It's like, uh, I'm leading you this way. No, it's really this way. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. that's, that's the fun of it. Yeah. No, it, def- it definitely, I mean, it feels magical to us because it's like, how, she just crushed me for 30 straight minutes. How did she do that? You know, she came up and was like, hey, how you doing? And I'm already giggling. Why am I laughing? And then like, you notice, blah, 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 like, oh my God, that's so funny. How did she do that? Yeah, it's fun. It's fun when it's fun. <laughs> you talked about that when you really decided to get into comedy, it was like, this is the only option. Because mm-hmm. I'm not really built to do anything else that would ever make any money. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, True. You're no longer in that 
no. position. You have options. Yeah. You could do other things in entertainment, right? You mm-hmm. continue being funny, but you could you could probably, if you were like, I want to branch out, be a dramatic actress, you could do that, mm-hmm. you know, or whatever. So now that you're like, I have options, how does that change the world for you? Mm, I think it just made it. It's just, it just opened it up for like a better word. Like I think when I first got into it, I was just like, comedy is a thing. That's what I'm doing, and that's what it, you know. And I think that comes too from like this. There's this like, especially in the hood, I believe like especially in black communities, like we love to uh, we love to push this idea of like one shot, one opportunity, mm. one chance. I think that's such a bad thing that we do because it's that's just not true. There's several opportunities, there's several chances. That's just not how life works, and like. We all kind of are these like uh, egg in one basket type, like hoop dreams type motherfuckers. You know, it's like, it's just me and this basketball and that's my way out. And it's like, it doesn't necessarily have to be like that, you know? So I think at one point with comedy, I was very much that. It was like, this is my way out. This yeah. is my way out of this shit. And that's all I saw. And so I was like, that's it. But the more I started doing stuff, the more I'm like, there's mad stuff. And also... There's mad opportunities. It's not like if I don't hit this one shot, I'm just going to keep shooting. You know what I mean? And as long as I know, that's the one thing you you have to bank on. Like, as long as I know I'm not going to give up, as long as I know that I'm going to keep shooting. Like, once I establish that within myself, like, you're here and you're not going to quit and you're going to keep getting up and you're going to keep going. Everything else is like, whatever. You know what I mean? And then... On top of that, then it's like you're more likely to be risky. I'm more likely to go, yeah, I would try one woman show. Yeah, I would try this. Yeah, I would try that because like my mind is no longer just like it's do or die. My mind's kind of like, oh no, nah, this is a whole field of of you, play that you, you can do. You keep coming back to this of of releasing or removing the pressure or the sanctity of a given moment, which gives you freedom and power and the and a sense of capability. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Yeah, I guess, yeah. It's, it keeps happening at different phases, I guess. Yeah, mm-hmm. but, uh, you know, I, I love the notion of take the power away from the moment so that I can be the best in the moment. Yeah. I love that. And grow. So last thing, can I get you to commit to a date? Can, can we talk about June? June is an amazing month to Very get married. January, February. Okay, so this is what we were saying. We were saying spring, summer. A June, a June. Can we get your? I feel like June is like everybody gets married in June, bro. And Fair, then... but people are ready for a wedding in June. Are we gonna do it in New York? Look, I said we. I'm now. I'm planning it. I will commit <laughs> to August, September. Really? Yeah. Can we pick one of those months? <laughs> no. I mean, like, like, no. like. Can we nail it down? Because my fiance will listen to this and then be no, like, no, "You get told her to, to no, no, no. Get, get her on the phone so all we can right. all talk all about right. like because I want to nail down a date. I feel like. We need a nudge. You you might be right. A little, we might, a little nudge. We if, might need this if, from if, you. If we pick a date, then we can start moving toward what's next. Let's plan a list of guests. Let's pick a theme. Are, are we going to have a theme and a color? You can't. You're doing uh, too much. Bro. Is we it green to... and white? Boston. <laughs> Celtics. She's bad at answering the phone, so she might not answer. If she doesn't answer, you don't get what you want today, baby. <laughs> That ain't on me. Watch, I'll call her from my phone and she'll answer because this never <laughs> who do I this nigga call her me? Nope, she's not answering. Well, uh, I'll say August, I'll say August, September. Okay. In I will New, say that. In New York? I don't know. I can't I can't. We're, we gotta we gotta narrow it down. I can't pick a place. Is it set we gonna do a Saturday wedding? I don't know. That's too much. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just, you know, once we start narrowing the decision tree, then, you're right. I don't know. Look, look it's just a party. Probably right? a Saturday. It's, it's not the biggest event of your life. Probably a Saturday. Okay. All right. So there's only four, probably four, maybe three Saturdays <laughs> in August. You want to go early August or later Late August? Late August. Late August. Okay. All right. Good. All right. We're making progress. We're going to have a theme, a color. No, I don't have that. Okay. No problem. No problem. Do we do we want to start taking dictation on who's the who's coming? No. <laughs> <laughs> you get a couple names on the once we get a couple names on the guest list, then we can. You're good at this. <laughs> I love you. I want you to be happy. I'm so 
thrilled for your success. Thank you. And you're so brilliant. So we see why. Thank you. But I'm so proud of you. You're so awesome. This was fun. I can't wait to see you get married. Ah, uh, man. I'm now you're invited. See, now you in, make me have to add you. In August. Beautiful. <laughs> and that we can just work on the other 98 people, right? Because right? I or bring my wife. You know, of she, course. She Plus one. Up, right? right? So, bit, bit, bit. got only 98 more people. Are we going to cater some fried chicken at this wedding? Oh, man. See, I don't know. That, all, all we need, we need a DJ and a guest list and food. a venue. You're done. You need the food. You need the after the after party stuff. Yeah, but I mean, and you need the after party food. I mean, you could rent one location and just have like the ceremony and then like the after party, right? DJ, bar. We're good. Mm-hmm. It's just a Sam J party. You're right. Get some cameras in there, make some content. No content. <laughs> We're no gonna content. put this on TV. It's gonna no be on HBO. Content. We could do a whole HBO special. No content. No special. What? Come on, you gotta think like Chris Kardashian. I know, right? Write it all off. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much to Sam for an amazing interview, and thanks to you for listening. Torre Show gives you fuel to power your dreams because you can use your dreams like a rocket ship to blast you into a life you never imagined. You can make your dreams a reality. And maybe this show can help. You can find me on Instagram at Torre Show. Torre Show is written by me, Torre, and produced by Jennifer Brown. Our editor is Ryan Woodhall. Our engineer is Claire McHale. Our booker is Claudia Jean. And we're distributed by DCP Entertainment. And we will be back on Wednesday with more amazing guests because the man can't shut us down. We live in a world where you can get anything you need delivered to your door thanks to DoorDash. If you don't want to do the dishes or you feel a little sick, let DoorDash bring dinner tonight. My family uses DoorDash all the time because it connects us to our favorite restaurants without us having to drive. Last night, we got some Indian food for my wife, some gumbo for me, and sushi for the kids. And everyone was happy, and we didn't have to do the dishes. The process of ordering was quick and easy, and I love DoorDash for real. So I was so happy to do this for them because I'm a customer, because I know DoorDash is your door to more. Must be over 21 to order alcohol. Alcohol available only in select markets. DoorDash, your door to more. Download the DoorDash app now to get almost anything delivered.